The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. How they do, once again, Sue Rose Minahan. So glad to have all of you tuning in. We continue with Gemini this week. It's our second week. And Gemini is a changeable air quality. And it is that spirit to matter. Life in every form, all the cycles of astrology is changing from a continual form. In fact, last week, speaking about Gemini, I wanted to clarify one thing as I was researching and getting ready, understanding this, the concept for tonight, and that was about the stars with astronomy, the fact that the constellation, it's one of the winter uh, constellations. In fact, it's the, as it leaves in May, it starts in February predominantly, and of course we must remember this is all from viewing on Earth, astrology itself, like the stars, although related, but we're not talking really in astrology of astronomy, but it so relates. I mean, we really are. And so where you are on Earth, is you, you view it differently. In other words, from some aspect on Earth, you can see the constellation of Gemini in the winter. And it departs at the last point somewhere around the solstice in June trailing off. And the fact that I had said that they were seen differently, the two stars, Castor and Pollux, the twins, this is where it's all relating to. Well, one rises before the other, depending on where you're at, but they're only five degrees different. They are the closest stars of all that we recognize. And one, going back to the mythology of it, because we are in Gemini, although our subject is going to take a leap, how to unify a strong dimension of our of ourself, because Gemini does relate, as I have said, between the spirit adder. And of the mythology, these two twins, these brothers, one was of Zeus, Pollux, and the other of the king of Sparta, of Castor, the mother had these twins of both, and their entire quest was to unify after Castor died, trying to connect. And so to correct myself before, Pollux joins Castor. I mean, there's many themes of it, but this I like this theme, and I think it is predominant. Castor, Pollux, the immortal is able to join Castor in Hades, the underworld, and then return to Olympus, where the gods live. And in many ways, Hermes, or Mercury, who rules Gemini, is the one messenger that is able to go, sent by Zeus, to the underworld. Remember, all of this is symbolic, it's representational, it's a language told by ancients because in order to define the world, how can you tell but what we can relate to its experience? Today, 
we're bridging a new aspect of it with Lilith, a subject frequently undiscussed. And really, if you look at the mythology of it, for good reason that it is, but very relevant, we'll discuss that. And I have the pleasure of introducing our guest from Brunswick, Maine, Catherine Zumstein, an evolutionary astrologer of Earth-Sky Astrology, who consults, writes, teaching a course this fall in person and online. And of course, you can check Talk Cosmos and see our guest and click on her link or go directly to Earth-Sky Astrology to find out about it. Catherine Hello. Oh, hi. Okay. Don't go on. Hello. Hi. Hi. Well, we're talking about Lilith today. And in fact, you have Lilith in Gemini and Lilith transiting right now in Capricorn happens to be in our event's third house. So it's relevant by by every mean. Hmm. Yes. And I think just generally Lilith is is um, a point and a reference that is very difficult to to understand because it's so unique for each person. Um, she sort of brings to us what we what we fear, but ultimately what liberates us uh, when we embrace that which we fear and right now because it's she's conjunct pluto um it it it's even more compelling right now so jumping into the abyss isn't something we want to do (laughs) but um you know like with if if we can think of any time we have taken a great leap and but it was something that was uh we couldn't make a decision about it we had to do it that's lilith and I think also she's subtle in ways as well. Um, so it's it's kind of a shifting thing because there's so many things connected with Lilith as we were talking this morning. You know, the, the, the tree of life, the serpent, and the bird. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the beauty of it really shows in that mythology where Inanna, who's Venus of love, taking the tree of life out of the water, which you could say is of the uh, emotion and, you know, all the symbolism, but plants it. And then part of that tree of life, unknown perhaps, but yet still when you think of the, 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 the part of, of love, of Anana, of Venus, is the serpent of change, of eternity, of regeneration, with the wisdom of such and Lilith, who is of the primal uh, goddess of the nature of the instinctive part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when you say, it's so right, because the fears, those fears, Lilith has such a legacy, a, 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 a mortal, I mean, in our thinking of, oh, oh, bad, bad, and it's those projections, those fears. Mm. I think she's also about the the um, the wise woman, you yes. know, who knows what we need and guides us to it. She doesn't 
push us, but she guides us there. And it's an aspect of the feminine that's kind of uncomfortable for a lot of people. I mean, we tend to think of, you know, the moon and Venus um, as the feminine symbols. And this one's a little bit harsher. But only, I mean, the ultimate, the ultimate goal with Lilith is, is being whole and being complete and embracing all parts of ourselves. I so, agree. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. No, I I do agree that wholeness. And when I was saying about, perhaps for the audience, I ought to clarify: it's not that Lilith really has fears; it's that people have rejected what she is and projected onto her what they fear within themselves. Mm. For the very fact that, as you're commenting, she is whole, and therefore, Yeah. yeah, that that sense of wanting equality. Yeah, and I think also an important point is that Lilith has lessons for both men and women. This isn't just a, f- a female thing for females. <laughs> so, And I, I think that's an important point as well, so that we don't project. You know, it's like in the old you know, astrology, it would be said that for a man, his moon and Venus shows what type of woman he's attracted to, and for a woman, the sun and Mars and all of that. Which is, there is some truth to that, but we also have masculine and feminine within us, no matter what our gender. So uh, that's kind of an important point. Very, yes. Mm. Yes, it is. Because going back to the myth where Inanna, the young goddess, has chosen or decided that she's going to use this tree cut it down and build a throne to glorify herself and then have a marriage. And then there's this relationship with this part of her, the wild part, the whole self, the part instinctive self of Lilith that uh, rejects Adam because Adam wants to dominate and make, Mm -hmm. yes, the marriage according to uh, his design. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm tying this in, you know, generally with, you know, as uh, to connect with what you're saying about men and women, because mm-hmm. it is, it really relates. Because how can we have any experience ultimately if right. we're not yeah, dealing on equal terms? Absolutely. And I think it's also interesting that her orbit is very much connected with the moon and the moon's nodes. And the moon's nodes, as we know in evolutionary astrology, describe where we've come from and where we're going. And and it's interesting that, you know, the nodal cycle being around, you know, 18 to 20 years. And Lilith, is her cycle is eight years and 10 months. So it's like half a nodal cycle. So in a sense, she's part of this whole a direction of of our karmic path, you know, helping to, by not showing us what to do, but taking away the things we don't need that get in the way, you know, it's, so it's kind of interesting how she's connected with that, the nodal path that way, you know, which is connected with the earth and the moon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. much thinking, too, of that tree with the roots in Gaia, which is the earth and mm-hmm. of the substance. Yeah. Of earth. Yes. Right. 
So she's both of, she, you know, she's sort of like both spirit and matter. You know, I mean, she sort of embodies both. And I think, yeah. No, it is. In fact, Kelly Hunter, this book, because mm-hmm. both of you are at UAC, yes. you know, and this wonderful yeah. Uh, event that in UAC, for those of you that are not astrologers, that's United Astrology Conference every four, perhaps longer years that these groups meet and they have a great book. Uh, I mean, they have wonderful lectures and there was about Lilith and Kelly Hunter with her book and what she, and I wrote it down exactly what she said here, which relates what you're saying. It says that Lilith is present in all filters that channel spirit into matter. Mm. Absolutely. And and Gemini, hello, here we are too, because it's a matter of connecting. And if we can connect that communication, that integration, that's a great word that you brought up earlier. How, you know, how to honor that, how to connect that integration. Mm. And I think, you know, it's, you know, it's also interesting that she represents the, you know, the uncensored self, you know, the the part of us that needs to be authentic and real. And, you know, as we grow, we learn to censor parts of ourselves. And she, like, reconnects us with that, that we've, you know, cut off. And, um... Yeah, that's where the rage comes in, if there is rage. Just Mm. not uh, acknowledging who we are, like she who left, rather than uh, submit. Right. And and interestingly, how, you know, that story of her being the first wife of Adam, who would not be, you know, dominated. And Mm -hmm. and so rather than than be dominated, she went into exile. Um, And... I think that's what we do with the, the uncomfortable parts of ourselves. We, they go into exile, and we think they don't exist anymore, but they do. So, and I, you know, that's that's the game she plays is you know bringing those, those parts of us out of exile. Um, like you had said earlier, and I'm relating, uh, dear audience, about conversations I've had with Catherine because we've really tried to work with this. So deep and complex part that isn't mm. often talked about but you keep bringing up the fact and I love it that there that Lilith and I've read about it too is the light that shines into the darkness because by going into exile which is is two stories like the it's been said oh she was she left Adam well hello I, I keep saying hello but um, the factor is is that if she couldn't be addressed as her authentic, true, whole self and seen as an equal. So those parts, when in exile, seem in the dark. It must be that. And it, she wants to show the light. Mm, absolutely, yeah. And thank you so much for mentioning Kelly Hunter because she, you know, I sort of ran into her um, through my daughter at the conference. Uh, and it, I felt like I was being guided actually to to meet her and also to read her wonderful book um, which which is called Living Lilith Four Dimensions of the Cosmic Feminine so um, it's really 
very insightful and, and beautiful and deep. Um, it, the, the very fact I was realizing the four dimensions, like Chiron, Lilith really doesn't have one designation. Mm. To me, that really demonstrates the complexity of this in our psyche. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is a star, an asteroid, the, in relationship to the moon. So it's many factors. You know. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think it's, it's an important point to mention also. Um, this summer, you know, we're having a, a uh, full lunar eclipse at the end of July. And what's important here also is, you know, for many factors, um, one of which that, you know, Mars is involved in this configuration, as well as Lilith. You know, we have, you know, the, the moon and, um, you know, Mars retrograde there, as well as Lilith opposing the sun. And, you know, Lilith will be at that sort of very last degree of Capricorn. And it feels to me that, you know, this is another opportunity to let go of uh, any wounding related to, you know, the South Node in Aquarius, you know, we don't, don't feel that we're smart enough or, or we don't have everything we need to actualize, which is the Sun and Leo, to be our true selves. And, um, and Lilith is going to bring all those shadow, all that shadow material up for clearing because, you know, it's at that last degree of Capricorn just about to enter Aquarius, you know, um, which is also, you know, the Capricorn being about all our structures and everything we've, you know, outsourced to authority figures, you know, that's coming up for clearing as well, uh, to become our own authority, basically. Um, so I think that's kind of an important thing to mention, this, that configuration this summer. Very good point. That commitment to ourself and, and actualization, because Mars wants actualization. And that enrage, which is, you know, there's quite a process here when life has been suppressed not just life, but passion and emotion. We're talking about deep instinctual um, elements of our very self and often relating to sexuality as we know there's a current movement. And it's not, again, people about the feminist. It's about, I mean, it is that that is a, a factor that is brought into the mundane world of validity. But essentially what we're driving at is is equality between men and women giving both strength to both but but the actualization through mars if if with what you've wisely promoted here to, for us to consider is how can we channel any anger or aggression or need or, mm. or these instincts into something that's uh, 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 functioning right right and, and of course, but you know, right now, again, because she's so close to Pluto, you know, so many structures are going through an overhaul. You know, so many things that we counted on and you know as secure are not. And just dealing with that aspect, it's been pretty intense. And I think um, it's it's helpful to know that. The new structures are something that we really need, and the old structures, you know, some they don't work so well anymore. And in an understanding that 
I think as we were mentioning earlier, you know, understanding that we have inside of us everything we need mm. um, is, an, is, is an important point too. And, and, and you know, learning, learning the concept of interdependence with others, you know, rather than codependence. I think that's a huge deal with Lilith too. It's like she's not going to accept anything but the whole self. And um, if, if we're in a, you know, a situation or a relationship where um, we're not taking complete responsibility for our feelings and we're putting that on somebody else, that's another situation that where Lilith would come in and, you know, might, you know, take away that relationship where you're not being your authentic self within it. It's fundamental, um, yep, fundamental, this idea that you're bringing forth about taking personal ownership. Ho'oponopono. Right. Hawaiian, that's the, the basis of it, is that we're all related. We don't know how far back our, our um, actions may have resulted, but we have the authority now to say, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, mm. which is the premise, you know, the very nutshell process of it but it is that personal commitment because otherwise this whole idea of projection the external we're trying to understand the external but placing blame or placing guilt and all these other uh, devious you might say devious emotions because it doesn't it, it thwarts our action how can you have control over something unless you have it within yourself and think exactly yeah. and i'm thinking it's all in capricorn so right now it's a heyday of, of getting the message <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun <laughs> well it's better actually that yeah it, but from a capricornian standpoint if if you can own up to it and, and, and take the reins and go forward in some fashion that gets results, there is some, there's light at the end of the tunnel, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, instead exactly. of always dwelling in one's misery about, oh gosh, and blaming, it's a, you always need a new audience for that. And then that is even <laughs> <laughs> Right. What, what's that saying? Um, if you, you, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always got or something like that. I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's a good reminder. Right. Right. And, you know, and I think also it's, it's, it's all being reinforced. And, and of course this is, you know, we have Uranus just moving into Taurus as well. And, and actually, in, I was noticing in early August after that lunar eclipse, um, Uranus in August will be, you know, squaring Lilith uh, in early Aquarius. And I think there's, there's something going on about this whole spirit matter because Uranus being about, you know, the, the, you know, the mind, the higher mind, or maybe it's a, a matter, you know, a mental matter split, you know, mind, body. Mm -hmm. um, I think it, it's, it's somehow we're being asked to embody that which our ideals and that and those things that we believe in and um so we need to it's like there's some sort of upgrading um in in merging the two we have to uh have a more enlightened relationship with our bodies um yes. with the earth 
Yes, and and with the Earth. I mean, yeah. Taurus is an Earth sign. Perfectly so. said, because, well, and it, again, of course, relates to our Gemini conversation, Spirit and Matter. But this, uh, another book by Lilith, by Chom, oh gosh, what's his last name? Um, I'm sorry about that. But, but reminding that we're in this transition where people are recognizing we're really spirits. And, mm-hmm. and our bodies, of course, have this language that knows such wisdom. And we tend to think, ah, it's just like a clicker on a TV. Turn it to, you know, dress it up different, be somebody okay. different. But no, Taurus with Uranus, and I know for you folks that may not be astrologers, that's like, okay, more Greek. But the fact is, <laughs> these are names, but it's a long transit. There's lots of time to get familiar, but it is that emphasis of unifying the body and so 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 somatic, right? I mean, the mm. mind and the body, Gemini. Right, right, and I think you know. Part part of our wounds stem from feeling it, it's this whole uh, religious conditioning around the body being bad and the desire being bad, and our spirits are better and they're you know separate. You know, <laughs> that's that whole idea of of separating the two and 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 all the guilt and the shame around you know having a body. I think that's going to be up for clearing <laughs> as well. Um, Thank you. That's yeah. That is an absolute byproduct of it. That's that's uh, exactly true. We have about one minute. I will just begin this at the moment to say that on Talk Cosmos at six thirty, which is Seattle time, of course, uh, the lines are open for anybody that would like to call in. If you have comments or if you have questions about your chart, both Catherine and I consult astrology and so we'd be glad to give brief and uh, analysis or not just analysis but con talk with you empower yourself really is the idea and so that number is will be 888-298-5569 and go on talk cosmos to see links past archives if you have a friend and they didn't get to hear this you can listen to it again or share it so that number is 888-298-5569 this is Catherine Zumstein and Sue Rose Minahan on Talk Cosmos and we'll be right back we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the period of Gemini. By leaving a cycle based on physical form, integrated through spirit, the energy of Gemini connects spirit with matter, focused on communicating and defining the external. Gemini is a mutable air sign signifying flexibility. Gemini duly focuses upon teaching and learning in order to synthesize the world one lives within. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. One in six. 
That little girl sitting alone at the playground, she can't play like the other kids. She doesn't have the energy because she's hungry. School lunch will be her only meal today. It breaks my heart that this is the reality in our country, but it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. This food is then provided to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about using your imagination, learning, and having fun. These children shouldn't have to miss out on simply being a kid because they're hungry. To find out how you can help end childhood hunger in your community, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hello, this is Annie Hart, spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Hi again to Rose Minahan and Catherine Zumstein on Talk Cosmos. That number, if you want to call in, is 888-298-5569. So if you have something about your chart or want to talk about Gemini, Lilith, we're happy to converse. Meanwhile, Catherine and I will continue on. Hi, Catherine. Okay. Hello. (laughs) So the serpent, it really is misunderstood, isn't it? With this whole idea of the three primal, the serpent, the owl, and the tree of life in the roots of Gaia. Mm. Yeah, and I think what's interesting um, with with the snake is that it's the shedding of its skin, you know, and um, and I think there's something about that how you know periodically through life we have to shed our skin, so to speak, um, or some persona that no longer serves, and I think that's that transmuting power of the snake, you know. And that spiral motion of, of constantly evolving into something more real and authentic. Um, that's the part of Lilith I find really, really interesting and compelling. That, that, okay, yes, the process of discovering, recognizing, listening to our natural whole self, as you're saying, with, or we're saying with the natural world, unafraid of those parts of ourself. What mm. our bodies yeah, what our body says. And you know, I think the the um, the it's sort of interesting because you know the the bird, the symbol of the bird that is lives in the tree of life, is 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 sort of our you know the um, all seeing. You know, because the birds fly all over and they they see everything. And you know, and the the tree is like rooted deep in the earth. Just how Lilith is is sort of rooted to the earth's gravity in a sense as well, you know, the yep. center of the earth. And then and then the snake sort of bridging that. You know, it's sort of you know coiling up the root of the tree to the top. You know, meeting meeting the bird. So yes. it's really interesting symbolism. It is, and Lilith made of the earth. The idea that she and Adam made of the earth. So mm. it is. And right now, bringing back astrology, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, you were meant Venus is opposite 
in Cancer, which is so interesting because Lilith and Venus or Inanna in the because Inanna, for those that may not be realizing, you know, many of the same ideas as the Venus, for instance, was called other names, referred to in the language of that culture. So in the Babylonian Sumerian uh, world, it was Inanna, but it is Venus, our planet goddess, and she's right opposite of Lilith. So it's really that awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in, and in, she's in Cancer, which is the sign of nurturing and, um, you know, loving of the home. And uh, so her, you know, in the coming days, few days, we've got her uh, opposing Pluto, which is conjunct Lilith. So I think, you know, a lot of very strong uh, feelings in relationship, a lot of uncomfortableness uh, in relationship uh, can come out in this next few days. (laughs) Well, and as you say, all summer we're in, these are big transitions. These are like pockets, like lightning might happen. And as it said, the vision is clear and then boom, it's dark, but you see it. So we're starting a whole, we've been starting and we are in it and it's going to continue this realization of where the the structures aren't fitting they aren't fitting mm-hmm. with ourself just you know as in the uh, of the body uh, the body is going to be you know starting with this me too movement but yes yes eventually it'll be great to see how it relates with men of wisdom men that recognize which we know of many who who and because as we all have these parts, these right. you know, described in as women, but with the men too, because the parts, the it's. I was reading this in in uh, the book, and it was accepting the body as natural, honoring and trusting instinct, honoring our primal rawness, equality of relationship. Masculine, feminine, you know, passive, active, and willingness to leave situations that are unfair where your whole part can't work. Mm. Yeah. You know, and there's something liberating, I think, also, you know, and like you were speaking about the Me Too movement. Um, in a sense, when you, when you call someone out for, you know, you know inappropriate behavior or you know, like in, in that situation it is, it's, you know, it's, it's Jupiter and Scorpio. And, you know, Jupiter is about, you know, being free. It's about, you know, ex, you know, and in Scorpio, the sign of, you know, secrets and, you know, there's sexuality in there too. And in and, and, and vocalizing it, it's not only setting, you know, the, the women free by speaking out in a sense, even though, you know, if, if, maybe it isn't acknowledged by the, you know, the men who may have, you know, um, you know, gone crossed boundaries inappropriately at some level there's, there's, it's, it's freeing the secret, (laughs) you know, the secret is out. And, uh, now what do we do with it and how do we handle it? But the first step is acknowledging 
an issue. And, you know, it's, it's, it crosses so many layers of life, socioeconomic layers. It's not confined to one area. So it's, it's obviously, and it's a, it's a, it's an illness that exists, you know, um, culturally, you know, across cultures as well. So it's, it's something that really needs to be acknowledged and dealt with. And, um, and I think appropriate, appropriate boundaries in all areas are, you know, is an issue that we have. And I think Capricorn as well, Pluto and Capricorn, you know, Capricorn rules boundaries and, you know, this is mine and that's yours. And, um, you know, it rules walls, it rules structure. So this, it's interesting that, you know, Jupiter and Pluto are, are in mutual reception, you know, Jupiter's in Pluto's yes. sign Scorpio. And, uh, I'm sorry, that's not a mutual reception. I was thinking, I was thinking a few years ago of Saturn, Pluto, but, um, but Pluto also ruling the structure and Pluto having, you know, it's about our structure, our sexual Pluto structures, Capricorn, how do, you know, the, how do, do we, you know, the, um, the boundaries, the hierarchical boundaries, because a lot of these violations occurred uh, within, you know, like the workplace or organizations where somebody had, you know, was higher up on the ladder, so to speak. I so, was thinking, go ahead. Well, I was thinking of exactly of that, trying to tie in men and trying to tie in the Gemini thought, because thought is communication. It's in our environment, and the environment certainly is the workplace. I mean, it all kind of relates, but still, mm. as far as men goes, it is that do, dominion, uh, being dominant one over the other instead mm -hmm. of the equality, just like right. the equinoxes of light. So in many ways, by being liberated, it gives such a great more pleasure of like a, like a good sporting game, you know, where people are out there just having fun going back and forth and learning or, I mean, because essentially isn't that really the best energy always? I mean, certainly there's work, but we work, it doesn't mean it's grueling. That's become a byproduct by 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 what your heart isn't in but when your heart's in it and you're going through the process yes it takes time and effort but it's that the joy is involved in it it all interrelates back into that equality of of of, of communication I like friends you know where but but i am thinking i'm relating relating mm -hmm. how you know where it is that slave or or just um, the workforce where you're not really uh, may as well be a, a surf or something of that sort. Mm -hmm. Same mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. And, you know, being that, you know, Pluto isn't in Capricorn uh, that often, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, you know, it clears through every sign it traverses. So we obviously have a, a few more years of a restructuring going on here. And um, so I think uh, this Jupiter and Scorpio at the same time is, is actually very healing in many respects. And probably as it enters, as uh, Jupiter enters Sag, you know, later, later this year, we'll be coming up with new, new um, ways of operating that are based on a, a, a higher principle of relating to each other. And talking, uh, yes. Yeah. That, that whole 
I'm reminded that either writing or talking, such as we're introducing this whole process of thinking, is really the start to starting mm. to you know, learn how to negotiate, to even question or to wonder about oneself as an avenue of, of liberating. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. You know, was, uh, you know, Jupiter's the polarity of Sag and Gemini. So, you know, part part of uh, what we're doing right now, because we're the suns in Gemini. So, um, it, this is an important piece to just lay lay everything out. Um, you know, as we're as we're evolving. You know, I mean, when you think about it. The reason, you know, we're here is to, for our souls to evolve and, and to, you know, uh, consciously, you know, I mean, we, we all come from that womb of unconsciousness and then we have to, to make this journey consciously, you know, through lifetimes and, and develop a relationship with ourselves going through all these experiences um, and know that within we are all divine and our journey is about getting back you know we'll get back to the source eventually but how we do it can we do it consciously can we live authentically as Lilith you know is asking us to um, that's the real key here yes to recognize in that what has been presented as a dual nature truly isn't because there is this thought that in common reference that there's so many demons attached to her, but then she can be this goddess, consort of the god, as it's put. But really, I was recognizing that when she's a demon, it's only when, A, people have, I mean, A, like A parenthesis, you know, as, as an outline, that she's been externalized to being, because by rejecting her wholeness, people and going into the unknown, people begin to fear it. Or if one begins to feel those passions, instead of thinking that she, they themselves are responsible for their passions, whether they're sexual or however, they get externalized. But then when, like in ancient times, when there were rituals that did involve uh, bringing in the goddess because fertility was a major necessity. You know, thoughts take a long time to go away. And <laughs> the fact that we were so tied to the earth and needing uh, re- rejuvenation, so then it was okay. So you, you're, what you say about bringing up this divine self, our soul, testing the soul all the way, that's, mm-hmm. that's a message. Yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting right now because, you know, we've, for the past year, we've had the North Node of the Moon in Leo. And, you know, that's, you know, until November, it moves into Cancer. So I think this sort there's a, it's a big, I feel, a call for self-actualization. I mean, I felt it in myself for sure. Um, and I really, that really speaks to that Leo energy, you know, how we express ourselves, how we, you know, it's that fire energy, which is, and right now it's interestingly, uh, other than Chiron, we don't really have any planets in fire. And that's an important piece to be connected 
to play. You know, Leo's about play as well and, and remaining playful uh, and, and nurturing our creativity in whatever form that takes. You know, that's, that's an important piece right now. And, and especially, you know, with Uranus moving into this square to that Leo North node, it's, a, it's about uh, thinking out of the box um, and, uh, and how we approach our creative lives. Oh, I love that. That goes right along with this need that I said earlier about taking that Martian energy that you brought up with the, with the upcoming eclipse mm. to transmute it. So play with it. That's right. Which means yeah. play different to different people. It might be a little humor. It might be some sarcasm. It might be whatever. Right. You know? Right. But yeah. yeah, develop it because as it's been pointed out, the universe loves action. If you just begin with something or write mm. it down or talk about it, you get more energy coming back to you rather than just sitting and sequestering it. And as they say, coming up with your demons of whatever, which isn't right. really yeah, ever Lilith, I want to say. I think that was projected. But yes, self-actualization, absolutely yeah, perfect yeah, yeah. stepping stone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 such an interesting mixture of symbols. I mean, because of course we haven't even mentioned it, but Saturn, which rules Capricorn, is currently in Capricorn as well. Um, you know, along with Pluto and Lilith. So, um, it's 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 almost like we have to go back to our, these old structures and really look at them to see why mm. we're here. Why. The history. Right yes. yes, exactly. Right, the history. And the history is in the oral because until Gilgamesh, you know, the first written, well, with words in Sumerian, I mean, when we were in Chicago, a, a good friend brought a, a previous speaker here, June uh, Trimbach, wanted to go see the museum of the, the Oriental Museum at the university. And there they had everything about Babylonia. I was thrilled. I got to mm. really check it out. But yeah. looking at that history and with the, and the ages, as we know, we're in the age. I mean, it was very relevant. And the ages, too, come to mind where this is all astrological talk, of course, but it's another cycle. We're all in cycles. But 6,000 years ago, it was Taurus, which is about self-esteem. And when the mm -hmm. patriarch started, and, of course, now we're progressing as it is towards Aquarius. Not quite there, we think, although it's debatable. But, um, <laughs> you know, but it is that uh, equality of, of, of uh, brotherhood, you know, similar to what right. in the spirit form, you know, spirit and body. Yes. Yes. And, you know, hopefully we can get to that enlightened place <laughs> after the, after, uh, you know, how 2000 years in Pisces. Um, you know what it, I, I'm writing down a note again from Kelly Hunter in her book that you, that we both have, and perhaps the rest of you will, which is about Lilith. And it says that because Lilith, because of her position with the whole, the whole goddess, the whole goddess of the heavens, of the earth, of, of, of the totality, uh, 
and it speaks of our innermost desires and fears, but tempts us beyond what's safe because as people started, it goes along with that whole business of Eve who was manufactured to be the great wife. And it's not really a put down in that case because it's evolutionary, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. a total soul process of consciousness and awareness, such as Venus across from us now is illuminating and in Capricorn now that we're in, going back to our history, but looking at what were the stories that were told and understanding that that was the method of experience that was able to be expressed but Mm -hmm. it is asking us to dive back into the void which understood or not is that completion of wholeness so i yeah exactly i mean we can't really be whole until we've faced our void um no and it's so personal that's the other uh, code word that i've written down highly personal it's not Uh, which is with all this thought process it really becomes our own method Mm. yeah and I think it's important to remember that you know the emotional body processes so much slower than the mental body and you know we may think we've come to a certain place um, but you know we have to honor our emotions and sometimes and that's it's you know it's a nonverbal place and you know, you know there's no way through it except feeling it and i think that's and that's always a place it's always a scary place for people too because our emotions are we can't explain them away we can't make them you know our mind wants may want to you know uh feel they we resolved something but we have to honor that grief process you know or of loss or, or whatever it is um, that we're feeling and uh, so I think that's an important point especially I, I was thinking of that especially with Venus and cancer you know opposing this Capricorn lineup um, you know and, and of course we've got a grand trine right now with Venus and cancer Jupiter and Scorpio Neptune and Pisces so you know Good time to honor the emotional body here. So. Yes, is jump in. The water is, <laughs> might be cold, but <laughs> yeah. you know, this brings me up with the body. As you were mentioning, I was also reading about the hand because Nana, who is again Venus back in the ancients, was uh, often used as a symbolic gesture that could greet, bless, or uh, depending how approached or not, or warn as it was. And the idea, it was always the left hand. And it uh, was, yes, and with the idea, there's a hole in the uh, uh, ideas of different hand gestures called mudras. But in right. Tibet, too, they have, uh, it's called shag hand, which I don't know if all these details are necessary, but as I'm noticing it, the idea is, just like you were saying, that the body connotes so much more. It is that instinctual, where, you know, each sign builds on the next. I mean, we had to get our initiation from Aries and our vessel from Taurus, and now we're putting descriptions to it, but still we have this body that has all this wisdom, and by pressing the hand, making an imprint Mm. expressed as it was said a power 
encountered with the sacred. So yes, body language and hand, Gemini. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, interesting. Thank you for mentioning that. And that, I think, is back in our great book. book. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but it, it is very important. And women, again, I think as we're closing, not quite yet, but we're nearing the end of this deluxe, delicious hour with you, um, it's men and women that struggle with these pressures of prescribed roles. And so mm. it is a matter of liberating that self-awareness. I know I have, yeah, I, I love the idea of equality. I revel in that. I, mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we won't quite close, but I will announce, because we have about five minutes, four minutes mm-hmm. or something like that, that next week we'll continue Gemini for Talk Cosmos, Shannon Hayes, who is a Seattle evolutionary astrologer, will continue. And our focus thus far, as we have mentioned, concerning communication is about the free press and how it connects us with our neighborhoods and creates Mm. our environment. So that will be the stepping stone. It will evolve into other ideas. And to remind people right now, you are listening to Talk Cosmos, and you can find us and our speakers online. You can find Catherine Zumfield either at her web, which is Earth Sky Astrology, or if you get lost, just go to Talk Cosmos, because she'll be right there too, (laughs) you know. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, we have a few minutes here. We don't need to close. I just wanted to make sure that I got that out. (laughs) Yes. So because it is a very major uh, concept of this equality between the two. Reminds me, thinking back of the other two archetypes, Aries and Taurus, which would be uh, Mars and Venus, that when they... One great myth was when they did get together, they had harmonia. And it was brought up that Earth sits between Mars and Venus. And of course, these factors. And people might go, oh, more information, more details. What do I do with this? Just remember, it's symbolic. These are just Mm. descriptions of saying... uh, it's like a little sauce on your curry, right? You have lots of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yes. There, by unifying, we could have. But there's a process. It does involve repression. Always involves emotion and mm. recognition and awareness. And I think we'd be wise to know. So if you have, we have, I think, according to my clock, we have a good uh, minute and a half or one minute. Do you have something, dear Catherine, that you would like to say? Well, um, as we're, as we head into this kind of uh, interesting period this summer with Mars pretty much on the south node, all the way through. Um, just remember to breathe. <laughs> oh, yeah. and it's going to—it's going to be ve- some very intense uh, energies. You know, with Mars on the nodes, always brings 
eruptions and ruptures. And, uh, you know, it's important to, you know, give space uh, for yourself and uh, not jump to quick conclusions, not jump into action uh, without thinking. Yeah. Yes. Oh, such a great Gemini concept because we begin our life with air, we end it. So don't hold your breath too long. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. <laughs> bon voyage. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.